podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This is a view from the bridge, official podcast of the Belfast Giants for KingdomOfTheGiants.com. Today's Tuesday, the 25th of January, 2022. My name's Patrick Smith. First of all, big hello to the fans of the Glasgow clan and the Cardiff Devils, who have no doubt popped along for one show. But you know, <laughs> welcome, lads. Welcome, lads. Stick with us. I'm glad to see you. A sport has its highs and its lows. No team wins forever. And so it seems for the Giants, who picked up two points from the possible six of the last week. Uh, in this week's show, we've two defeats uh, that they brought the streak to the end. And, uh, and there was the recovery against the Flames. We'll look at all the action. We'll also have the news from around the league and the head coach, Adam Keefe, is our guest on the final agenda answering your questions. Mr. Mitchemsey, you well? Good evening. Not too bad. The, nice uh, new the hat. Yeah, nice thank, hat. Thanks to Jason Taffelry. Uh, we nod to him for that one. Mr. Kitchen, keep him well. You know, we, we trip over to Glasgow again. I, I took a photograph of you on the stream. <laughs> it was it was so wholesome. It's like that that group chats normally just us raking the bag out of each other. And Paddy's like, "Is is that you?" Says says comes back like, "Yeah." You're like, "We have we have said it's right." We have. You can see he was a wee wave on the bench. Two hours, two hours before face off. Like, was two hours why I was watching the stream two hours before face off is anybody's guess, but there was says. Give him away. Value for money, mate. Absolutely, absolutely. Well, they're doing them now, may as well. And uh, Joel Neal, he hasn't gone to Warren Point. He's uh, he's joined us on the on the on a view from the bridge. How are you doing, mate? Take all the team, mate. Yeah, made a miraculous COVID recovery, um, and I'm not standing freezing in Milltown right now. So nice to be with you as always, please. <laughs> uh, right, gents, we're going to let's get stuck into these games because obviously, as I said the Belfast Giants <clears throat> took three games in the last week and not as successful as they've been over the last couple of weeks, but a bit of a recovery towards the end. We start, of course, with the game last Wednesday in Glasgow against the Glasgow clan. It was a 3 1 win for the home team. <laughs> Excuse me. <sighs> Uh, the Giants opened the scoring in the first period with David Goodwin from Lake and Bomb, seven minutes in, nearly eight minutes in. Uh, nothing in the second period. And then, unfortunately, it was a power play goal, an even strength goal, and an empty net goal as Laporte, Wah, and Saul made it 3 1 to the Glasgow clan. In goals for the Belfast Giants, Jackson Whistle, 22 saves, two goals against. And Shane Start for the Glasgow clan, 30 saves. Uh, one goal against your referees were Robin Elliott and Toby Craig. David, um, despite the early goals, the Giants struggled to get a hold of the game. Um, I felt through the first, I guess, half hour of the game, like we created more than enough to, to win more than one game of hockey. Um, better in the face-off circle. I chanced them massively, I think, um, through the first 40 minutes we had nearly 30 grade A chances and execution. I think uh, the coach might have said that himself. We just didn't execute on the night and that, you know, if you don't and, and you let a team hang in there, which the clan did, the clan blocked 27 shots um, on the night. They hung in there, waited for their opportunity to come along and, and when it came along, they took their opportunity. Um, the goal, the goal we scored ourselves, if you're putting it up there, you know, a real hard work from Bomber on the four on four gets, gets right up the ice Beats, beats a defend, defenseman on a foot race and, and creates a bit of a turnover. Ben Lee comes in and, and finds, um, who was it? It was Goody. Goody, Captain David Goodwin at the back post. Put his one up and nothing less than we really deserve. But yes, yeah, stickability, I guess, from the Glasgow clan. They hung in there doggedly. 
Um, as I say, lay down in front of everything. It was shot at started. Anything that got through, did pretty well. Mate, just keep going, keep going. And um, hope that he comes back. And, uh, <laughs> you know, I felt that the Belfast... Now, nah, we'll have to start again because he'll not have the recording, surely. He will, still there, still recording. Uh, well, well, then they can either de- delete that wee bit out or people will know that he's, he's disappeared. But, um, well, we're know, hijacking the show. Uh, this, is, this is it. This is our show now, Paddy. <laughs> Sorry, I'm back. I'm back. <laughs> Um, so we don't know whether I kept recording or not, but if it did, it was great content. Okay, it did, it did keep recording and it will be okay. part of the show. Well, so. well I, I just want to call that. I, I kind of paused there because I wasn't sure whether you disappeared, but I was just saying, you know, I thought that carried the play. And, you know, I don't know what what, what Simon or, or Joel think there, but for me, 40 minutes good. And then whenever they got back into it, the last 10 minutes, we just, we just failed to create anything at all to get ourselves back in the game. Simon, you, know, you were there on the bench and watching the game. How did you feel it went? Just at the balance, it's just as Davey said. It, it, you know, I thought that at times we played really, really well. But as the game went on, I genuinely thought we actually looked a bit tired. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, we played a lot of hockey over the last few weeks. And, and um, you know, yeah, we get the goal. They, they, I thought the clan actually played pretty well. Um, I know we're always... You know, looking to have a go at them, but compared to what we've seen them earlier this season, they they, they definitely did step it up. They got the power play goal on a five on three, um, and the second penalty to make it the five on three, which is only I think it was twelve seconds into the first one. For me, it's got to be a nailed on penalty for a five on three. I thought that was harsh. Uh, I don't, you know, if you're are you going to call it a five on four, you're going to call it as a penalty. You know what you probably do, but I thought it was really, really harsh to get it. Um, you know, to basically have to end up having to go down to a five on three, which is really, really tough. The boys in third period, and once the clan got yeah. that goal, they sort of, you know, they they sort of galvanized them a wee bit, and, and they started to pick up. You know, they they got that rollicking off the the coach the week before after I can't remember who it was beat them, um, but he was wasn't very complimentary to them, and and to be honest, I think that put a bit of uh, a bit of a fire in their camp, and and. And they started to pick up because the next game after that was against Dundee and they beat Dundee away. And then they played us and they came in with a bit of confidence. And now they're on four in a row. So, you know, they're, they're on a bit of a roll as well. So, they're, you know, hopefully, you know, we don't play them for any, for a couple of weeks. But hopefully, um, you know, they start to pick up um, wins against teams that we need them to pick up wins against as well. But, uh, you know, bottom line is, I don't think we did enough to win the game. We didn't have that, you know, I don't know how many great A chances are on the on the end stats, Davey. But you know, it's it's one of those ones where Start did what he had to do. Um, Jackson was unlucky, not you know, you get a five on three, it's a difficult one. It's a one on one, yeah. you know, basically one on the goalie when Waz coming in. Does he take does he have control of that puck when you're coming over the line? You know, the puck's trailed in behind him. I don't I think, think so. he did. You know, I so think he did, but <laughs> listen, we, we talked about it the week before. You gotta have that puck block going for the last month, six weeks, we've had that puck block. Probably didn't get it last Wednesday night, um, but as I say, I, I can't really complain about the the overall um, result because the guy, the guy, the you've you've you go undefeated in December in the league, start the season or start January off really really well as well. Anybody complaining about the way things and again sometimes it just doesn't go your way. So Wednesday night was one of them nights. If I can just jump straight in the, the, on that, Paddy, just on what Simon's saying there. There's no, uh, no nobody is is entitled to win in this league. There are no easy games in the EIHL, and just because the Giants were were on uh, a bit of a run and, and we're doing well and we're scoring, 
it doesn't mean that you're going to roll into Glasgow midweek and, and pick up that win. That's a team that are also playing a lot of hockey. We talked a few weeks ago about how uh, it was strange that Tim Wallace said, you know, we don't even have time to practice here. We're just playing so many games. Whenever pretty much every other coach says that the best form of practice is playing hockey games, getting out there and doing it. And goodness me, they're doing that right now. You know, they've got a midweeker every week. They've got what, like average of three games a week at the minute. Um, I really rate Malcolm Cameron. Uh, I like the guy's personality. He's a bit nuts, which I'm also a big fan of. Uh, don't really dig the Brill Cream wet look, but that's on him, whatever. Um, but they're they're coming in uh, on a roll as well, playing a lot of hockey. They've got their backs up against the wall. They're trying to respond after having a tough time. Belfast have come out of uh, what Adam Keefe called an emotional win against the Cardiff Devils last weekend in a packed barn, and you're suddenly on a Wednesday night in the cold and dark in Glasgow in an arena with 200 people facing a team that are pissed off. You know, sometimes there are other factors that mean it's just not going to go your way. On the ice, I think we paid the price for, for obviously, the per discipline of, of the five-on-three, whether you think it was the right call or not. Um, and also, you know, there was a golden opportunity in the third, I think, Matt Haywood got called for maybe a trip or something. Um, but but obviously, the, the power play hasn't been firing that hot. And, and it's kind of a theme that I guess we'll talk about through the three games. But um, we're, we're just not picking up those, those chances. Actually, we're not picking up the zone time on the power play, I think, is the issue. We seem to spend a lot of time trying to get set up and, and not really getting many shots away um, and I think the, the lack of power play effectiveness um, sort of cost us late in that game there were a couple of chances we could get back into it but listen um, we have been golden for for however many games that was what did it finish on 11 or 12 was it 12 12 I mean the law of averages sometimes you're just gonna have a bad night and you're gonna lose a hockey game uh, a couple of defeats we're still within three points there's a uh, there's no alarm bells ringing here let me just pick up on a point briefly David, it says made about the, and you brought it up on our WhatsApp about the Matthew Wah taking control into the zone. There's a bit of an iffy moment there in regards to whether he had control. Was he ahead of the puck carrying it? Says, says he didn't think he was. You say you don't think he was? I don't think he was because he, he, he yes, he, he precedes the puck into the zone, which is okay as long as you're in control of the puck. The me, he gets the, his first touch of the puck is behind him and he, he drags it in the zone, but he doesn't have, he, he then has to sort of, Half check back, look for the puck and get it back on the stick. We you talked about the one <coughs> I remember picking. Oh, what do you call him? Blue Rodeo, Blue Rodeo, Jim Heaney. Yep, picking him and the daughter up in the city center and driving the Sheffield, missing like the first period of the game in Sheffield and just getting there in time for Theo Fleury to score that goal. You know the one Ed Courtney's read, gone read all about backhand it. length of the ice. Theo's took it in left-handed, skating sort of half backwards. Gets it on one time. Is Jody Lehman in Nets, maybe? Yes. Um, uh, so, like, uh, an all-star cast, the Sheffield Steelers had, and Theo scores a wonder goal. That's the only one that I could we could really think of where that's happened. But Theo had it strongly under control, drags it right in front of him, gets the rest shot away. Wah completely loses control of the puck and has to get it. So if he doesn't have control of the puck, to me, it was offside. But time talks about puck luck. They'll go, some go for you, some yep. go against you. And yep. If it had been blown up, I don't think anybody's coming back here now and saying, oh, that was a terrible decision go for you to go against you. We can't complain. We've had some puck luck, as Simon says, over the last few weeks. So, you know, you're right when you have it and smoke them when you got them. Absolutely. Well, like I say, <laughs> I like I say he's right. The, he's right. The, we'll move on. The uh, the highlights in that game are from Clan TV and uh, well done to the guys who are getting there. It was the first time we've had the stream from Glasgow and uh, entertaining as it was as well, apart from the scoreline. Um, and we move and Je on. And, and Jeff Baum. Jeff Baum. 
the text that Craig and said, it's like Jeff Baum, the being <laughs> silent, like the like the pain swimming. <laughs> He's on fire tonight. <laughs> the um, let's move let's move on, gents. We move on to the game that took place on Saturday at Ice Arena Wales behind closed doors, and that was against the Cardiff Devils, a four-one win for the Devils, despite the Belfast Giants getting their only goal through Griffin Reinhardt in 70-22. It was a shorthanded goal, a power play goal, an even strength goal, and an empty netter. So a royal flush for the Cardiff Devils as Davis Reed Cooler Cooler scores the empty netter as well, make it four one. Um, Tyler Beskarani and that's for the Giants. Twenty four shots against three goals against a Matt Carew, Forty shots against one goal against Matt Thompson, Stefan Hogarth. Um, <coughs> says just the early point and the early parts of this game. There was obviously a bit of you know anticipation of the Giants wanting to get into it. And I thought this started well. I mean, again, to be honest, I thought this game, I mean, I watched the first um, period and a half back on on late late Saturday night. Um, you know, it's never easy when you give up a shorthanded goal. Um, it's sort of, you, you know, you, you're, you're basically putting the pressure on in their end um, and then you sort of just, you know, when it, it deflates you. Um, we didn't get any energy from it, you know, uh, you, you know, Ben Davies gets a, a you know goes length the ice and scores that. And Furness was a really good finish, uh, past Besco, and then they get a power play effort. Um, and again, it, it, it just makes it you know we're behind the black ball and 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 you know going into Cardiff is always tough. We we know that uh, when they would have been hurting after the week before. So you know to get that goal back at the end towards the end of the first period sort of gives us a bit of hope. But that was it. I didn't think we turned up the other two periods. Yes, we had a couple of chances, but I don't think we did enough to do that game. And I know Adam was really disappointed, you know, and he was definitely looking for a reaction suddenly. But you know, it's you you, you beat against Glasgow um, on the uh, on the Wednesday night. You were hoping for a reaction in Cardiff. It's a tough, tough place to go to. But do you mean you? you I know it was behind closed doors, but you got a better view than most, didn't you? <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> I was to have a bit, of, bit of a secret. Yes, Mark Drakeford, the... Oh, sorry, uh, my bad. The, the, Welsh, the Welsh First Minister said no knack, actually, but I said, you've built a bridge and I ain't going over it. So um, off we went. But look, as you've said, like you could almost repeat what you said about the Glasgow game. For the first 20 minutes, we carried that game. We were dominant bar a couple of little mistakes. The one that they turned over, and you've said, brilliant finish, and the, the power play against us. We controlled zone 10. The only thing we didn't control in that first 20 minutes of the game was the face-off circle. We were pretty much dominated on the night. Um, but in terms of, of chances and good chances... We got down low, but we didn't put real any real pressure on Curry. Like he's had now had four games against us and has been their man of the match four times. Um and we haven't we didn't really trouble him um that much. Reinhardt coming up with a really good goal to keep us in it at the end of the first period because we definitely deserve to come out of that period with something. But after that, we coughed a really bad puck up for them to score their third goal. Um, you know, those little individual errors that went against us on the night. And once you're 3-1 behind in Cardiff, then you have to chase the game. And they just kept us outside. They just kept us the perimeter all night. If you look at our shot chart, says if you have it, if you've got the instat, everything's from top of the circles and from outside. We didn't get inside at all worth talking about. 
And if you don't get inside in Crewe, you, you look at the goal that Soise scored the other the other week in Belfast. It was one of the very few times I think it's Boucher feeds him in and he gets inside and gets a shot away over the glove. If you don't get in tight on him and get shots, he's going to save it. As we say this about all the goalies in this league, if they're go if they see it, they save it. Very few goalies in this league get goals in pucks in. Even the goal there that Ryan Hart scores, there's a semi screen going across him. The pucks moved from I think down low in the corner from Coops, who had a great weekend. By the way, Ryan Hart battle a match on Saturday night, an easy pick. I assume Todd Callum picked it, but. Like I was, I was wondering who he was going to pick. Thought it could only be Ryan Harden right enough. It was. That being said, four goals against, one being an empty netter. I don't think Besco did an awful lot wrong. Um, can't really do much with the, the the Ben Davies goal. Second one on the power play, and the third one, it's a bang bang from you know somebody cut out in front of him, and, and the puck's been given up, and it's bang bang from the blue paint. So I thought Besco had a good game again. Correct again. I've said you know good enough, but. We did enough in the first 20 minutes to be well ahead in that game. And again, we just, a bit like the, the what you said in the in the Glasgow game, or Simon, sorry to reiterate, we kind of looked leggy in that once we got behind, we just didn't have that zip to get back in the game. And an awful lot of games, an awful, I know Joel has said there as well about practices or games are the best form of practice as well. But at this level, you also need vast stretches of rest Rest, yeah. rest, recovery, water, food, blah, 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 so on and so on. The traveling catches up on you. And, and I think to an extent, the, the bit of travel ca caught up on us. And we had to then regroup again and go to London. Joel, I think you know, David took it and says, take us through as well. As well. It, were the Giants getting away from what has made what made the last little streak successful? Do you think that we weren't playing in a, in a means that, that, that were getting us the goals pre previously? I think the Giants know what they need to do to be successful. And, and I think that the, the systems uh, sort of implemented by Adam Keefe work. It's just that this entire game, save for maybe a, a you know decent in the first period, I think honestly we came out in the second and we're much sharper in terms of our passing and stuff as well. You know, we, we were going tape to tape. We were moving really well. Um, but apart from that sort of spell, uh, it's not that they're getting away from what they need to do it's just that it wasn't in them on the night you know i think the thing that i kept seeing is just that we weren't at the races at all you know you're away uh in another empty building a tough uh, road game uh against a tough team there was obviously that extremely uh sort of intense uh win in belfast the weekend of the week before the devils were coming out in a you know they're they're now used to playing behind closed doors uh, i'm not saying that the crowd makes you win or lose a game but it certainly adds something if you're used to it or if you're not used to it um, and they were coming out for revenge and, and let's be real I mean they, they did most of their their work in the first half hour that game was kind of dead and buried in the late 20 minutes and um, as Davey said there, you know the remainder of that second period after their uh, third goal I think it was uh, there wasn't even a penalty um, I think we were just kind of run ragged we just looked tired and um, it, it was very attritional uh, trying to wear them down trying to find your opportunities but uh, just uh, we didn't have it in the tank is, is all I can really say um, look, no complaints sometimes you're, you're going to have uh, a night that doesn't go your way um, and thankfully uh, we are looking at the points banked on the table uh, we don't have the the extra games played that the that the Cardiff Devils do so I'm, I'm happy with with where we are you know to, to have come through that and to still be sitting that kind of three points off I'm happy to let this one go and we'll reset and, and take them on again um, yeah it just it is what it is uh, hate losing hate losing to them especially um, but but it's just not your night it really wasn't the Giants 
Davey? I think I, I think one of the, the things that will disappoint us when we look back on this season, no matter how it goes, successful or unsuccessful, to come out of zero and 3 and play so well for three, six, seven of the nine periods. Um, you know, I think out of the first two games, we definitely deserved a split, if not better, I lose. And then we got nothing out of the out of Saturday night and probably deservedly so because you can't you can't play 20 minutes, really. I'm not saying the boys played 20 minutes. They went to the end, but uh, consistently over the period. I think big turning point in the game, David Goodwin going out injured because that line of Goodwin, Pekinich and Conway had been playing really nicely together. And it forced them. Boucher was jumping up. There are different ones. Soise was jumping up. Coops came up, you know. And then that that then obviously knocks their line out of shape as well. And you're getting no real continuity of, of forwards going going at the game. And when you lose your captain, no matter what happens, you you always have that little slump off. And I thought we carried, as I said, early in the piece there, I thought we played really well in that first 20 minutes when Goody went out of the game. It did change the, the whole dynamic of, of our forward line. So, you know, you can look back and, and come up with reasons, excuses, call them whatever you want. But, you know, ultimately on the night, we just didn't get inside enough on the Devils. I, I, I Sorry for jumping in there, David. I think if there's one thing that really pops to mind for especially against the Devils. And one thing they are very, very good at is game management. And yeah. you talk about, you know, we got a reasonably good start. Um, you know, they get the, the short-handed goal. They did. How many great A chances did we have in the third period, did we? You know, they controlled it very, very well. They kept everybody outside. Carruth, again, he's, he's had a couple of good games against us for sure. That, that's my point. So, yeah. you know, when you're not getting the great A chances, it makes it a hell of a lot more difficult. But the, the challenge that you have is, as I say, Coach Scaldi has got them playing really, really well. They're a smart, they're 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 an older team. Um, we've got the speed. There's no doubt about that. I'm definitely very confident that we're quicker than them. Um, but when they stop you skating, then it makes it a lot easier for them. They they're just so get big. in the lane. Yeah, they're big. That's what I'm saying. They just get in your lane, and you know, there's there's a couple of guys who can get around them absolutely, but. It's all about the game management, and their game management on Saturday night was better than ours. That's I've no I've no complaints about it at all. When I watch the game back, I've, I've absolutely no complaints about the result. It's one of those ones where you know we we've got to play them two more times in Belfast. It's next week. Um, we've got to win those games. Uh, but again, you you take one game at a time. The first two up against uh, the Coventry Bays this weekend. The most important one is Saturday. So like uh, we 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 obviously are going to go on to talk about the Guildford game, which is a really good. Uh, jump back after after uh, the disappointing wins or sorry losses in in Glasgow and in uh, Cardiff, but um, I just thought that the, the Devils played very very well and and just had that little bit of hockey smarts if you want to put it that way, um, and that's what will name the game in my opinion. Yeah, I think says is bang on there in terms of game management. Whenever you said great A chances in the third, the only one I can remember is I think Cons squared it to Pekinich, who had a shot down the slot, which which sealed over with about six minutes left. Like that's that's all I can really remember. Um, but Paddy, if you don't mind, I wanted to ask you boys a question. I've noticed kind of over the course of this season, especially, um, Adam Keefe seems to be probably the most aggressive in the league in terms of when he pulls the goalie and those kind of one goal down scenarios. You know, I think Besko was pulled to the bench with over three minutes left in that game. Um, and for a lot of people, it's really jarring and, and they're like, why, why are we doing this? What's going on? Um, I'm actually quite a fan of it. It's it's very much within the Adam Keith Keith ethos of hockey. Um, you know, it's taking the game by the throat and it's taking your chances and rolling the dice. But um, I wonder if you guys had kind of noticed or if you had any thoughts as to, as to its effectiveness or is there any stats to back it up? 
To be you honest, I think you're asking the wrong. You're asking the wrong person. He's coming on to his 15 minutes. <laughs> ask him. You could ask him, but I, I go with the statistical analysis of it. If you like the actual, not that I, I didn't know this question was coming, but if you look at yeah, I had coming out, I was going to say, yeah. If, if if you look at the power play versus penalty kill, roughly 80 percent, 20 percent, maybe sometimes run 20, 25. So you get an extra man on one in five times. You'll get a you'll get a, a goal. So. Three one time, a couple of minutes to go. You roll the dice. Six on five isn't as advantageous as five on four because there's not yeah. as much space in the defensive zone. So, but it's still so it's marginally. So you might have a fifteen percent chance of getting a goal. So why not roll the dice? Do you generally get two goals? Very rarely. I remember one very famous one: the Detroit Red Wings pulled it, and Nicholas Lidstrom scored twice with the extra man. Panic tactics, as Panic our tactics. old erstwhile friend. Um, can't remember her name now. Sure. Um, something, yeah. Um, something, yeah. He used to say it was panic tactics, pulling the goalie. It's not a panic tactic. It is a tactic, but the risk-reward is that people... So their their risk is by shelling pucks at an empty net. If they miss, they, they get an icing and yeah. the, the face-off comes right back down in their zone. But, you know, the risk-reward is they get a breakaway and score an empty netter. That's exactly the term I was going for. Was risk reward? It was the idea that you know, what have you got to lose in in that scenario? You know, you need to get back into the game somehow. You have to give yourself the best chance to get back into the game. And yeah. you know, I, I, there are some people who hate it. There are some people who don't <laughs> see the point of it. But yeah. it's, it, but but the, the thing about hockey is, it's a game of absolutes. The same, you know, you you either win or you lose. There are no ties in this game, so you may as well throw what you can out there especially like you if there's a, you see people, <coughs> teams when there's a power play in the last minutes who will get go for the have the two extra men because you know you need to have those absolutes you need to have that goal you need to get into it and so ag- aggressively pulling the goalkeeper fine by me i'm Spend certain like that i'm ahead, certain in paul in paul 80 season there was an away team coach pulled their goalie in the second period like we're absolutely pumping them and pulled the Was goalie it not in the, the challenge s- cup game. Can't remember Simon, but they pulled the goalie in the second period. It may well have been. Second I have a funny feeling that Danny Stewart. Can't remember who it, it was, but maybe Stewart. it was the second leg of a challenge cup, and it was like we've just got to throw the roll the dice here, get ourselves back in it before the end of the second period, or we're dead. And I think it, it doesn't. See, at the end of the day, you're getting beat two one. You pull the goalie to try and get the you know the extra goal. It doesn't matter if you lose three one four one. Doesn't yeah. matter. Um, you know, especially with the position that we're in at the minute. I, I, I think Adam's 100% right. You just go for, you know, guts or glory. Just go as for the it. At the end of the day, the sometimes eye. it pays off and sometimes it doesn't. So well, it is what it is. Well, we're going to have him on. We're going to have him on shortly. We, you can save that one up and ask it again, Joe. Uh, let's move on. You <laughs> get the highlights of that. Sorry, from, uh, boys. Have highlights from that uh, on Devils TV if you want to watch them. And we move on to the, uh, to the game that took place on Sunday in Surrey against the Guildford Flames. I've just tried to pull up the wrong screen there but let's fix this yes so the game against the Guildford Flames and the Belfast Giants haven't lost two on the trot looking to get back on the horse and they did so with a plum a 4-1 win for your Giants it was the Guildford Flames who opened the scoring through Levi Cable in 13.53 but then a power play goal on 25 minutes from Jordan Boucher Scott Conway on 36 minutes Mark Cooper on 58 minutes and then with just just under 20 seconds to go Sam Roop with the Empty net goal, uh, making a 4-1. Uh, Kevin Linskog in goal for the Guildford Flames. 40 shots against, three goals against Tyler Beskarwani. 28 shots against 
one goal against. Matt Thompson, Stefan Hogarth must have got the bus for the Giants because they were refereeing this game as well. Um, Joel, start with you. Tight start, but turned into more of what we want to see. Yeah, I, th- I think the the beginning of the game. I think a lot of people, uh, uh, you see, it, saw it on Twitter. Oh, here we go again. Obviously, we we go a goal behind. Uh, it just looked like things weren't going our way again. Um, you know, the things to pick up throughout that first period. I think shooting accuracy was a real issue for the Giants throughout the first. Um, and any time that I felt that we were gaining a little bit of momentum, there were a couple of, of kind of sloppy offsides as well. Um, again, the power play was a little bit uh, off. We were struggling for for his own time whenever Ferguson went for interference. Uh, about 10 minutes in um, and then obviously Ferguson came out of the box and, and managed to set up Cable who scored there first um, but the the character comeback that we saw from that second period on um, was extremely encouraging especially after another busy week and, and after so many games on the road like we've talked about I think we can all agree that I think because of the intensity and the number of games that the Giants maybe looked tired over the course of this past week um, but what you saw there was was them digging real deep uh in the second period, they broke the power play skid. Um, they they grew into the game as as the second period went on, um, and then uh, that that goal from Scott Conway to go two one up uh, from almost uh, what like hundred and eighty degrees. He was he was beside the post, um, which the I think they, the review they looked at uh, I think was to do with the, the net being off its Murins, but. Um, Either way, it doesn't matter. Uh, but but it was it was fantastic to see us grow uh, into a game that we started uh, in a in a manner that, that we had seen earlier in the week. That shows character. That shows a team that cares about what they're doing, and it's a team that wants to get back to winning ways. And um, I think we we saw the the Giants that we've been more familiar with over the past couple of months for the remainder of that game. Davy Mark Cooper mm. thought he had a great game. I. Was it the WhatsApp or, or maybe Sis? We, we were talking just as the, the buzzer was going, and I said, Coops for me, man of the match. I think Sis picked Besco. I thought Besco was late, so uh, oh, he, right, he, he actually made one save. It might have been in the third period, early in the third, where it's, well, you know, he's gloved it and he's got sit well, down. And real momentum change in the game. It was still 1 1 at that point, and, <laughs> or it might have been 2 1, can't remember. Um, it was really good, but for me, Cooper had a really strong weekend. Coops is still the one that's going to the net. He's still the one going into the dirty areas much more than anybody else. He, now, he's identified that himself, and that's his his role. When he was talking to us the other week, he said, that's what Adam wants me to do. That's what the coach wants me to do. I'm going to back in there, and that's what I'm going to do. But he got his reward with the goal, you know, the feed from Slater Doggett across to him, and he gets that that goal for us, which was crucial. And, and William Hill went, but I went. <laughs> <laughs> and... Um, you know, it, it was good. Look, Guilford, Guilford came at us with a lot of speed. I, I'm yeah. not sure whether it was um, the coach said about, uh, you know, Adam Keith said about, you know, one of the fastest team would be. One of the first times I've seen Griffin Reinhardt, maybe the first time I've seen Griffin Reinhardt, you know, okay, at the end of the game and he's he's probably tired. He's probably played well over 20 minutes on the night, beating a bit of a foot race back to the puck. But, you know, I was confident going into Guilford that there would be a bit more of a reaction after a couple of games that went against us and we got a reaction and we had to hang in there at times in that first period and, and we got the, the the equalizing goal and then the go-ahead goal. I think the equalizer was on the power play. We talked about was. the par, the power play misfiring at times. Twice in the same power play, that opportunity comes down low to Bush where he can pull it out in front and get the shot. He's got the second opportunity on it and, and got a goal. Love to see that, that kind of thing, you know, real stickability in front of the net. So, you know, I thought it was a really good win for us to get back on the horse after dropping a couple of games. You know, if you if you went back to the start of of that whatever it was 12 13 game winning streak and you'd punctuated those couple of losses within that, 
it wouldn't hurt as much as because you've gone flying at that. So not too concerned about the losses. We're still in a good position. We're still playing well. I talked about injuries over the last couple of weeks and how many games we have. We're nearly 70 import plus Ben Lake games then as well that he missed with the injury at the start of the season. 70, 80 games and a 30, 35 games we've played so far. Two guys a game down. We played a full strength Cardiff. We lost them on home ice. We played a full strength Glasgow. We lost them. This thing it happens, you know. And we'll go back on a run again. We're well placed. Let's not just panic too much. Simon, you know, we did get the power play goal in the second period. Um, there weren't that many penalties in the game overall, but it it was a game where the Giants were able to find that scoring touch. Yeah, again, you I mean when you only scored when you well, sorry, you would only get the one against uh, Glasgow and the one against um, uh, Cardiff. But you, you look back in the previous four or five weeks, sorry, four, yeah, four or five weeks, Davey will have a better idea how many goals to score, but it's well over 40. Um, you know, you, you're scoring seven against Nottingham, which sort of seems, you know, standard uh, nowadays. Um, um, you score five or six against, um, I'm sorry, seven against Dundee on New Year's Eve. You get six against somebody else a couple of days later. Look, the scoring side of things, you can't have everybody, you know, going on one night and our first line is very important you know when those guys are going it really just seems everybody else to kick in and 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 they join the the uh join on the trail of it and and I, th- I thought it was a really good response to the cardiff game um from the boys on on, on sunday I, I thought that you know the, the first period again adam you're right david was adam that said that that um you know that's the fastest team he's faced this season and look there's other teams in the league that just can't put up with our speed but when you go the goal down, and again, there's, you see some of the fans on Twitter, you know, not happy about the way things are going. You know, calm down. They scored in the 13th minute. It's not 13 seconds to go and you're 1-0 down. Like, So there was no doubt that we we're going to respond back to that. Losing Goody in the Saturday night didn't help. Um, you know, you see him stand over the plexiglass watching the game from um, from the, the uh, spectrum. And uh, But see, to be honest, even when we got that second goal, and although the Guilford Flames had opportunities, I didn't think we were going to lose because Besco was outstanding. Um, he, he he makes the big saves at crucial times. I mean, the start of the season, I think he'll hold his hands up. First of all, he was he was probably conceding one a game uh, for quite a few games and and gave goals that he would have wanted to take back. Um, but you know, he was absolutely brilliant on Sunday, and it's one of those ones where it's uh, you sort of just keep going. You just knuckle down, stick the head down, and keep going. Coops was brilliant, Davey, and I absolutely agree with you. I thought he played really, really well. You know, that third goal when he sticks that big backside out, you know, to stop the guy getting the puck at him, throws it right across the slot, um, and it's hammered home. And then a really smart play, and then Sam Ruop gets a, an empty netter as well. So I thought we totally deserved to win on Sunday night. I thought that, you know, again, after a difficult week of, of the losses in Glasgow and Cardiff, um, it was a really good response. And now we've got four home games, uh, which boys can sleep in their own beds, prepare for the game at home, get their morning skates in, um, and let's just get ready to go for Coventry on Saturday. Paddy, can I ask, uh, sorry, just a, a follow-up on that from, from what says said. The, the third period really was the best Rowani show. Like, I mean, the, that, that sit-down glove save was spectacular, absolutely spectacular. Uh, but Simon, you, you see probably more of him than all of us. You, you've done a practice and whatever else. And I think you mentioned it during that game. He's somebody that is always just having so much fun when he's playing. Like, he's singing, dancing, like having joking with people. Like, he, he stays really, really fast and loose. Like, he, he just seems to really enjoy playing hockey. 
Again, you're not asking the wrong person to speak to him. <laughs> He's killing me tonight. But, but he, I mean, that's just look, there's other goalies are just too tight. You know, they're so nervous in the net, and Vesco is the complete opposite. He just, yeah. you know, just he'll just basically lean on the post like that most of the time. So it's um yeah, we're, we're hoping um, we're, we're probably asked earlier on could we get Vesco on the night? But I know he's he's uh, my daughter's babysitting for him tonight, so I know he's out. Um, not out too late, obviously, Adam. But um, the uh, <laughs> yeah, oh, I'll be back by now. Somebody's in the background here. But also, you've just made it sound as if you also just made it sound as if Kiefer's our second choice. Was the second choice his first choice? Let's get to it. Then. The uh, the highlights from that game available from Flames TV eventually. They're always too wild to get on YouTube. We're going to move on to the fan agenda, as we mentioned. We do have the head coach of your Belfast Giants joining us, and that is, of course, Adam Keefe. How are you doing, mate? How are you guys doing? Yeah, doing well, doing well. Um, your assessment of the weekend, obviously, or the last week, obviously two points in the last six on the, off the back of a stretch of 12 wins in a row is not what you wanted. But um, that's, as I said, you know, to be fair, no team wins forever. Yeah, I actually thought... Um... I didn't dislike our game or effort in all three of the games. I thought um, our execution wasn't there in all three games, if, I, if I'm honest. Um, and I think that, but I thought that we, we were controlling a lot of the possession in all three games as well, which is good to see when we're not on our best game that we're in those games. Um, not every game is going to be, um, some of the games that we've experienced in the last eight weeks where we've controlled the majority of the game and we've, we've built on a big lead and it was a very comfortable win for us. Those are not always going to be the case. And we need to work, we need to learn to, to win the games that we're down in. Um, I've always said championship teams find a way to come back and win games where they're maybe not at their best in the first period and they give up a couple goals. You got to fight your way back and you got to win tight games. You know, that's, that's playoff hockey and, and essentially, you know, from now on, we're, we're in playoff hockey. Um, that's the way that this league works. So, you know, we're going to have to win some ugly games and we're going to have to win uh, the games that we play well. I'm confident that we'll we'll hopefully win those ones comfortably. But, you know, there are going to be games where we're going to be stressed out throughout the game. We need to learn how to win those ones and stay calm throughout it. And I was very happy with the guys on Sunday to get that job done in Guilford because it certainly they put us under a lot of stress with their speed. Um, and obviously it was a tight game. That being said, I didn't think we gave them a ton as well. So, um, and when we did give up a couple opportunities, Besco was there to make the save. So, you know, that's, that's very common for our group. You had a, there was a very blunt um, post-game interview on Saturday after the game against Cardiff where you were very part of how you said, you know, there's no excuses here. It just didn't get there. You know, the attitude in the room was the same. Was the fact that the guys just wanted to get back on that scoring run and there were no excuses for it? Yeah, I mean, you know, the excuses, I suppose, are, you know, I'm sure we probably hit a wall fatigue, but, it, you know, you can say that's an excuse, but it's, it is no excuse because every team's going to go through it. Um, you know, with all the midweek games and all the postponements, we're, we're all going to have to make up games. We're all going to have busy schedules. So um, there is no excuse, you know, whether or not that that was the cause of maybe it hit a wall. I felt like we hit a little bit of a wall in Cardiff where we lacked that energy that we normally have. And certainly the energy that we would have needed to, to get back and 
um, build the lead on on that Cardiff game. You know, but if you do take a, that Cardiff game, I didn't think we gave them a ton either, other than our mistakes. And you know, sometimes those mistakes cost you a game, and they did. We were talking earlier on about injuries and such, and, and Goody going out like him. How much of a factor is that? And then you're having the jumble lines, and then other lines that are a bit set have to jumble as well, just to make up for for one guy going down during a game. Yeah, it's not not ideal, especially Goody, the, the a part of that line when we're struggling to score a goal, and how good offensively that line has been for us um, to get when we're, when we're trailing a game. You know, obviously we want that line as many opportunities as possible but you know i think that throughout this season we we've obviously faced a lot of adversity with with bodies uh being out of the lineup be it from injury or covid um so i think that we've kind of built that next man next man up mentality within the group and um you know the ability to have kieran long and mark Garside float around the lineup throughout a game that has served us uh, massively. You know, those are utility pieces that they've become that are very valuable in those moments when, you know, we lose somebody and you know, to be able to say uh, longer jump up front or jump back. And there's no, you know, he's never upset about it. He just does it. He does whatever the team needs from him. And, and he's done a great job either way. And, and as has Mark Garside, whenever he's called upon to come up forward. Adam, I want to touch on your first couple of years, three years of coaching, and how you think you, know, you yeah, how you think you've improved with regards to your temper, um, and regard your, you know, not so much. And uh, you do feel to me, you seem a lot calmer on the bench than what you maybe would have been. Okay, we know that referees don't get it right all the time, and we're not having to go at referees because this Davy says they're an integral part of the game, but. Um, you seem to be a lot more relaxed on the bench now um, compared to what you are maybe in season one. Would that be a fair enough comment or am I talking crap as usual? Well, my memory is not great. So I, I don't <laughs> I've noticed both in season one, but um, it is something that I certainly want to remain calm for our group on the bench. I think that there are certain times in games or certain times throughout the season when I do need to show a little bit of passion, a little bit of energy on the bench to kind of either make a point to an official, an official, or make a point to the to our group. Um, but you know, there's times for that, and there's also times for a little bit of calmness back there. And I think that that rubs off on the group as well. Not to not to jump into a panic, not to have everybody, you know, riled up to a point where we take it. We take a stupid penalty, um, you know. So. There's a fine line of, of passion and, and energy behind the bench and also calmness and, uh, I guess, in the heat of the moment. So I, I'm trying to find that. Uh, I'm still not the best at it, but you know, I'm just uh, – I'm trying to get better at it as with every game. Uh, you're actually more terrifying when you're quiet and angry, just for the record. But <laughs> uh, Coach, we were having a chat earlier uh, just about uh, pulling the goalie. Uh, it was something that I kind of noticed this season, I guess, more than others. Um, but but you, I think you're probably the most aggressive in the league in terms of when you pull the trigger on, on ice and that extra skater. Um, can you talk to me a, a bit about that decision or, or where it came from? Is it something that you had in your career down the line? Or, or, or is it a conscious decision to kind of to go early to, to try and, and, and kind of – I mean, I'm, I'm referring to obviously uh Besko coming off with kind of three plus minutes left um in where 
where are we? Cardiff. 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 Um, where does that come from for you? Well, I've watched a lot of the NHL and obviously watched my brother and um, how they go about things and um, other coaches in the league. And just to see, you know, it's usually a, a, a timing thing, um, but you also need to understand that there's a, sometimes a coach has a feeling about his team on the night, you know, and um, so it depends on the flow and the momentum of the game. It depends on possession, um, a lot of those things. And uh, although we were down, we were down two goals. That's a big factor in Cardiff. Uh, we needed to get two back, not just the one. Right. So um, that's a big factor in why we got him out with oh, just a little over three minutes. I think it was, um, but also we had great possession and I felt like we had possession for a couple shifts prior to that. So, you know, we had some momentum on our side. So, you know, we, getting him out with three minutes allowed us that opportunity to try to uh, at least get one back maybe and then be able to get him back out again. Um, unfortunately, it didn't work out for us. But uh, I guess, you know, we didn't concede concede one until late, you know. So it, yeah. all these little all these little special team situations throughout the game, you know, if we – it didn't work out for us, but, you know, that, that – maybe that three minutes will pay off at a big time later on in the season, you know, that there's no practice like a game. So um, the ability to have that under our belt, those three minutes of, of playing six on five and keeping possession, um, hopefully the guys feel a little bit more comfortable the next time we, we face that. Yeah. Uh, just to come back to you, Joel, on something that we were talking about earlier there, uh, it's the the opportunity then of, of coach when they get a power play. Of course, the Guildford Flames had a very late power playing against us, one goal down, and decided to keep in the Skagen Nets and you know forego the opportunity. So probably, coach, you were probably expecting in the Skagen to come out there and be facing six on four. Yeah, I was. Um, I was probably expecting it a little earlier than it, than it happened, and expecting um, you know to go for it at that then to go for it at that moment. Um, you know, I'm sure that given their power play has been struggling, uh, I think it's below 15%. I'm sure that Paul, in Paul's mind, he wanted to make absolute sure that they had full possession before he got that goal out because then you know, you're giving up the two-goal lead as opposed to uh, you're kind of killing the game, I suppose. So I think he that was probably his mindset. Um, you know, uh, I was happy he didn't pull the goalie. <laughs> <laughs> Same. Yeah. You know, so it, it, it goes both ways. And like I said, I, I think that those types of decisions, <coughs> maybe the coach's gut instinct on the night on how their team is playing or how in that instance, how their how their power play was doing, right? If you're if you're constantly giving up possession on a power play or making bad choices on the power play, you could see how he would be a little bit hesitant to take the goalie out. We've had 20 responses to the call out for uh, for questions. We're not going to go through all 20. I'll take a select few. But thanks to everybody who sent in questions to ask the coach. Uh, I'm going to start with Alex McLaughlin, who said, what's the biggest attribute you look for in a player when you and Steve sit down to recruit the team at the start of a new season? I mean, obviously, their, their talent, their skill, their work ethic are all massive parts of what we're looking at. Um, I would say the number one is is their character. You know, what type of people are they? 
Are we going to be able to spend eight months with them? Are they going to disrupt the locker room? Are they going to fit into our culture here in Belfast and with the Giants and what we do within the community? Those types of things matter. And uh, one of the things that I've always kind of uh, made sure that I hold myself accountable to is, you know, the first season I started out is, you know, surround yourself with good people and usually good things happen. Um, so we're trying to do that here. You know, that's part of the, building that type of culture that uh, we have that type of dress room that enjoys being at the rank. They enjoy being with each other and I enjoy having them. Uh, <laughs> season if you have some guys you don't enjoy having around so uh we certainly want to make sure that they're good people we're bringing good people here to Belfast. donate for dahi of course been coming along to a lot of the games what a I star mean, real part of it what a real star and the they ask yeah the giants do unbelievable following on from what you just said actually the, the giants do unbelievable work in the community how important is that side of the game to the players i think massive i think when I first came over here, it was made pretty evident to me in, in terms of how important Belfast is to both sides of the community and especially here in Belfast. And I think it's important that our guys understand that from, from day one. And it's another, I guess, another branch of why we bring in good people because they're usually looking to actively get into the community as opposed to trying to avoid maybe community um outreach programs the, our guys are trying to actively uh, participate in them and that's that's important going forward we know that um, there's a little added motivation or a little added uh, responsibility to wear the Belfast Giants jersey here in Belfast so I think it's important that our players know that and one more from Steve who says arguably the focus for most hockey players throughout the world is the playoffs is it tough to change their mentality when they come here to a different structure, such as with the importance in the league, as well as a different playoff structure? Um, it is, yes. I, you know, I know that firsthand from coming over here. You know, sometimes their tendency back home in the North American League, or I guess any uh, any other league in the world, um, but specifically back home in North America, when you have a, a three and three weekend, or you have four and five nights. Um, some of the tendency is that, you know, if you win the third of three or the, or the fourth of four and five, that's a bonus, you know, almost kind of going in expecting to lose that one, hoping to win it as opposed to going into a three and three here, knowing we got to win all three. And, um, it's that mindset that when you're not feeling your best, you still got to find a way to help the team and try and win i mean it's it's that type of mindset that ultimately will, will keep you competitive and keep you consistent throughout the season and that's the team that wins right so it is hard to get everybody uh to understand that um the sooner you do the better off your team uh becomes in, in the long run and i think uh you know having some early defeats or some early adversity helps with that as well Coach, we're um, we're back home this weekend. Are the boys excited about getting back in front of the Odyssey crowd again? Yeah, I think the guys love playing in front of the the Giants fans. I think our, our record uh, proves that as well. Um, you know, they come in, uh, they want to put on a show for our group, and you know, I, I can usually tell within the first five minutes of a hockey game how we're going to be for the entirety of the game. It doesn't mean we're going to win the game, but it, you know, if we come out and we're skating and 
we're competing on on both sides of the puck, offensively and defensively. We're a very tough team to handle. Uh, you know, then it comes down to scoring some goals and, and keeping them out of our net, obviously. So uh, sometimes you play real well, but you can't put the puck in the back of the net. You run into a, a good goaltender or whatever it may be, a good special teams, and um, it doesn't go your way. But from the first five minutes, usually at home, um, a lot of the times I've been feeling pretty confident behind the bench. And I know that uh, not asking for any major updates on injuries, but obviously Goody going out last weekend, says was saying last week, Darcy's back doing a bit of skating. You must be looking forward to the time when you can put a full team out this season. I don't think it's happened, if at all, all season. It's, it would have happened at the start of the season, I suppose, but... Um... I mean, I certainly liked what I saw the very first uh, game of the year before we lost Ben Lake. Uh, I mean, uh, like half a game. Yeah. So, um, I mean, it was, it was, uh, I think that it, it allows us to play at a pace that may be uh, tough to match, you know, if we have that type of lineup, um, you know, but, you know, we're just going <coughs> to by day here. We'll see how things work out with, with Goody over the course of the week and how quickly he can get back on the ice and skating. And same thing with Darcy. We'll see how, how he does this week in practice. You know, this is a big week of practice for him. This is our first week of practice really since probably before Christmas. I think we've had midweek games or, or COVID interrupt our practices for the last month or at least a month. So uh, we're looking, we're all looking forward to having uh, a good practice week here. Adam, I just want to touch on, we had a conversation there last week um, when Davey's already mentioned there about being down bodies and being down, um, you know, to, to play with basically three lines. But it's something that, you know, the boys seem comfortable with, with playing with three lines as well. And sometimes they can actually play to your advantage because you don't have to take somebody out of the lineup and slot somebody else in. Um, what's your thoughts on, on the way the boys have been playing with such a, I mean, we're, we're still not halfway through the season. There's still a couple more games before we're actually halfway. So there's more games to play. Probably don't want to know this. There's more games to play than what we've played so far this season <laughs> itself. But um, what's your feeling the way we, things have been going? Um, taking into consideration, we had a really good stretch there for, for uh, December and the start of January. Yeah, I think three lines, when, when three lines are full of life and full of energy, um, they play real well. I know because they're, I think they're getting out there. They're getting real good minutes. Everybody's out there. They know they're getting out there uh, every three shifts, and it's no longer a fight for some ice time. Um, so I think that that's part of the reason why you see some success there when we play well. The problem with just three lines is when you don't have three lines, or when that those three lines become fatigued. That's when you really miss that fourth line. You really miss um, the ability to to move things around and, and juggle some things uh, and also maybe get uh, an extra line, you know, an extra 30 seconds, 45 seconds rest. That's when you see um, the benefits of, of that extra line. And I think that, you know, given probably in, especially in Cardiff, I felt like we could have used another line. Um, you know, it didn't seem like we had the same jump in the first, in the second and third period as we did in the, in the first uh, Coach, I'm going to bounce just back to, to Twitter for one. Uh, it, it's sort of a, a theme throughout some of the questions. Uh, Daz Teal Tripper mentions it. 
and I think um, my pal Johnny Baxter mentions it too. Um, this is probably uh, it speaks probably to the, the wider uh, changing of the game, and it's probably to do with who you were as a player as well. But they, they mentioned toughness, physicality. Um, Daz says, uh, "Do you think we're missing a certain type of player in the mold of Jim Vandermeer, Matt Dickerson, Bobby Farnham, or indeed yourself that brings a certain kind of physicality, disruption, blah blah blah? Or is the modern day game changing to a different set of tactics?" Uh, and Johnny said, "Could have been argued earlier in the season that maybe the Giants lacked that little bit of grit and toughness, but we see a lot more of it now. What changed?" Do you think there still is a place for that in the game? What's your thoughts on having those types of players in, in, in the modern EIHL, modern kind of European hockey, whatever? Um, there's still a spot for those types of players. Um, I think the thing is they need to be uh, able to play and able to help the team in all aspects of the game. And I think you know, maybe what's changed a little bit is we've now gotten Ben Lake back in lineup who's you know he he wears his heart on his sleeve every single night yeah. um you know you have other big bodies in the lineup like mark cooper you know who plays very hard and uh you know there's, there's multiple guys in our team that play very hard um i guess we what we don't have is is a guy that's known for for just for fighting and or for playing that way exactly um but i think that our, our group as we've been going on here is becoming more and more of a team I think that when you become more and more of a team, you know, you want to have each other's back and you want uh, you want that guy beside you to have your back as well. So I think everybody kind of holds each other accountable and you know, we're seeing a little bit more team toughness. You see that uh, in any little scrums that we've had, you know, guys are not far behind. So you know, that's important just so, you know, we have that camaraderie on the ice and guys feel comfortable out there. And also, you know, they know that the next guy beside them is willing, willing to go to bat for him. Just a, a quick one, Patty, before you come there. Seen probably last, <clears throat> was it Friday night we played Cardiff at home? Can't remember, whatever night we played Cardiff at home. And you've got the likes of Sam Duggan going after Sam Roof, just trying to coax him into something. We talked about it last week. So that's not a good trade-off for us. And especially when we're playing maybe a body or two short, it's not really the time for somebody to be getting involved in a in that kind of exchange. Well, I'm not sure exactly the, the time or the situation that you're speaking to, but I know from my own um, experiences that uh, you know, there's, there's a time and a place. Um, I always struggle to find that time and a place. <laughs> but, uh, it's not true. You know, it, it, uh, it, there are certain situations in the game where um, you know, you, you're looking to change momentum whether that be um, because of your own play or because of your your team's play or just something that's happened in the game, and that's usually when those things happen, uh, especially in today's uh, game. You're not really seeing those uh, just for fun fights, I suppose. So um, I think that uh, there's certainly a time and a place for it, and, and you know we want to continue to play physical and, and challenge our, 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 our team to be – more physical and to be more competitive and it's only going to benefit us in the long run that uh, we're a tough team to play against we already know um when we're skating and when we're playing as competitive as we are we're a tough team to handle uh, a little physicality on that on it is only going to fatigue teams and and uh, you know force more turnovers in the long run going to wrap it up here with two last easy ones from Twitter coach and we really appreciate you coming on and giving us your time. Uh Mick Devaney, coach, do you miss Daryl Lloyd as much as I do? 
Oh my, I missed our Lloyd. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, of course. Uh, I know I've spoken to Lloyd a few times over the last. Uh, we actually, just a little tidbit. I actually tried to sign him. Um, during that, uh, when we got Boxy back, we almost had Daryl Lloyd back. Uh, I, I'm actually, I rather would not have known that, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He was he was willing, but he had some things going on at home that uh, wouldn't make it work. I thought that would have been great for the fans. And uh, I know what I would be getting from a Daryl Lloyd. Uh, I mean, it would have been you know, much like Boxy came into his job and, and helped the team. And, and that's what we needed to get through that period. And the uh, and the last one from Alan Brett, just basically, how's fatherhood treating you? <clears throat> yeah, it's going. That's for sure. I'm I'm learning daily, but uh, I can't complain. Um, my wife has has taken the brunt of it, and um, but it, it's been great watching her grow up, and uh, I'm still trying to learn it and trying to manage my time a little better uh, than I have in the past. That's for sure. What is? Yeah, you had you had Coral on the ice last week. Oh yeah. Yeah, she was she was smiling, so that's a good sign. <laughs> that's a start. What what age is <laughs> she now, coach? Must be one. Uh ten months. Wow, good. Oh, fantastic. Well, listen, it must be tough going away and getting that time away and you know, trying to find that time to be with them when you have those away trips, but uh especially when you're trying to coach a hockey team. Yeah, all well, these days off that we have here after a, a tough weekend are they obviously go a long way. Um and then whenever I get home, obviously I have time to spend with them. So, um, you know, you can never have enough time with them, but uh, obviously cherish the time that I do. Good man. Good man. But listen, we really appreciate it. Good luck this weekend. Obviously two games against the Coventry Blaze and then the following weekend, two games against the Cardiff Devils. We really appreciate your time, Coach. Yeah, yeah no problem, guys. Anytime. Uh, we'll look forward to seeing you guys at the weekend. Big thanks to Adam Keith for his time in the final agenda. Thanks to everybody who sent in their uh, questions. Like I said, we had 20, 20 odd replies in regards to the, the, the fan agenda. Some of the biggest replies we've had of anything, obviously, with the opportunity to have the head coach. I was uh, thank you to everybody who sent in questions. Sorry if we didn't get to yours. We've only got a limited amount of time. Go on, Simon. Do you want to say something? Yeah, I mean, I've just listened to Adam there talking about his, his management of obviously with having the baby in the house and, mm. and doing all our bits and pieces. He never stops. Mm. I mean, he genuinely never stops. I was on the bus the last few weeks on the way to uh, the uh, Fife game, and Emma went to Glasgow last week. And all the time, the whole time, and on the ferry across, he's sitting looking at game tape, um, sitting putting notes together for the for the dressing room. Uh, and then on the way up, there's two two hours and a coach the whole way up to Glasgow. Same thing. Um, so you know, if anybody tries to have a, I mean, I've seen there's been comments made. You know, when we were having a couple of a couple of defeats earlier in the season, people saying, you know, maybe it's time for a change. Give yourself a head of wobble. Um, I've never seen anybody put. I mean, coaches, I, um, you know, that's you expect them to put their time in, um, but he genuinely does. He never ever stops thinking about it. And and obviously, you know what? And we look, like Joel aside, we're all parents. You need to set aside time for your kids, and and it's important, you know, to to see them growing up. But uh, you know, it's it's uh, it's he's doing a brilliant job at that, and he's doing a brilliant job at uh, coaching our team as well. 
here, here. I think you know the amount of time you have to put in as coach, and and you say about you know when there's a loss, you know people, you're always going to have people who just lose the rag at a loss. You had twelve wins on a row, and I see we get a loss, and people are screaming from high heavens about all sorts of changes that have to be made, and why have we played this player, and why are we playing that player? The best one, in fact, uh, and I know we're going to come to the news in a minute, but with Sheffield Steelers, obviously lost to Dundee Stars at the weekend, and I saw some Sheffield Steelers fans basically saying, "Well, that's the season in the bin then if we're going to lose to Dundee." <laughs> <laughs> Get up, just, just but, Twitter yeah. talk. Just Twitter talk. And as was pointed out earlier, you know, um, obviously the guys have a bit of a day off today, so Sam was unable to get anything from them at, at, Dun, at Dundonald. So uh, hopefully we get something next week. Um, Joel, news. Yeah, uh, first of all, the Challenge Cup. We'll take a look at the Challenge Cup this week, boys. The semi-final matchups have been set. Uh, your Belfast Giants will have home advantage when they take on the Nottingham Panthers, who beat the Flames 6-5 on aggregate. Meanwhile, Cardiff make the journey to Sheffield. Uh, the Devils overturned a 4-2 first-leg defeat with a 6-1 routing of the Dundee Stars last Wednesday, giving them a 6-5 win on aggregate. Uh, that's wrong. 6-4, 10-3. Yep. something like that they beat them anyway and the Steelers breeze past five by nine goals to three over the two legs uh, both games will take place on Wednesday the 23rd of February and there will be no second legs this year as teams agreed to play a one-shot semi-final to ease the congestion caused by uh, COVID rescheduling um, in the Premier Sports Elite League this past week the Glasgow clan got one over on your Giants with a 3-1 win at home as their midweekers continue to come thick and fast um, as you all know the Giants went on to lose 4-1 in Cardiff on Saturday before bouncing back with the same scoreline in Guildford on Sunday the clan made it four points from four with another home win over the Manchester Storm on Saturday winning that one 4-3 and stag- somewhat staggeringly it's probably fair to say their six point week was complete with a 2-1 road win over the Nottingham Panthers on Sunday um, elsewhere there were Saturday wins for the Stars, beating Coventry 3-0 at the DIA for the Steelers, who kept it rolling with a 4-2 win over the Panthers, and for the Guildford Flames, who recorded their first win in Scotland this season, believe it or not, with a 4-1 win over the Fife Flyers. Um, on Sunday, in what was, I would say, the upset of the weekend, the Dundee Stars made it a four-point weekend at home with that 3-2 victory over the league-leading Sheffield Steelers, halting a nine-game unbeaten streak, which it's not that impressive, really, to be honest, uh, nine games. Yeah. Uh, the yeah. game winner there came from a player I've absolutely loved to watch this season, Charlie Coombs, in the 51st minute. Um, and finally, in the league, despite a 6-2 win over the Flyers on Sunday, the Coventry Blaze have sunk to eighth in the standings, thanks to Omar Pasha and what we will now call the Kay Burley effect. Um, if we take a look at the, <laughs> the standards, Paddy, do you have a, a wee graphic for me? I might have the league table for you. We take a quick look at where we stand here at the almost halfway point, as Sis says. Um, it's getting tight at the top as the Steelers and Devils are now equal on points with 41. Crucially, the Steelers have played 25 games to Cardiff's 29. Uh, you can see the importance of that win in Guildford as your Belfast Giants trail by just three points with 26 played. The Nottingham Panthers have a bit of a hill to climb after their early season struggles, but now sit fourth uh, while the Flames hold on to that fifth spot. The clan's six-point weekend has done wonders for them, now up to sixth after 22 games played, but they're still in a playoff battle, which is getting pretty hot as Dundee, Coventry and Manchester all sit within a point of each other um, around that dreaded eighth-place cutoff, excuse me. And finally, the five flyers are rooted to the bottom with only six regulation wins from 25. Uh, And in your news this week, uh, I'm going to start tonight with, uh, similar to Adam Keith dropping an exclusive, uh, it's, it's a hot news night, start with some breaking news. Uh, with only ten, <laughs> with only ten weeks left in the Premier Sports Elite League's regular season, the Guildford Flames have unveiled this year's <laughs> new home jersey. I saw that? 
they've brought a, they, 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 they brought in a terrible video to show the unveiling the t-shirt. Uh, a, a Windows Movie Maker teaser video um, that would have been a solid B minus in GCSE. Like I'm bad at video, ACT. but I could do better than that. <laughs> and uh, and obviously, in, in a stunning departure from the norm, it looks exactly the same. So, uh, any Flames fans listening, make sure to get your orders in because you've only ten weeks left. I died laughing when I saw that. That's just the, the most fantastic thing. Yeah. Um, anyway. Uh, the IHL's Department of Player Safety continue their extended Christmas holiday, so nothing to report on that front. Um, Saturday's defeat to the Cardiff Devils saw another EIHL milestone as Josh Batch played his 600th game. Um, he says he had no idea at all about it until Mark Richardson told him he'd seen his name in that article about Sully playing 400 uh, the other week. Batch sits sixth overall uh, in all-time list of British defensemen in the EIHL with four of the top six still playing. Um, so I don't know, do we offer our congratulations to Batchy on 600? Uh, yeah, absolutely. That's a massive achievement for anybody. There you, there you go. You just, you just never know. Um, and finally, uh, Pride Tip. The founders of Pride Tip were overwhelmed by the response to EIHL's Pride Week and had some pretty lovely things to say. Um, Jeff McLean, creator and co-founder, said, thank you so much for including Pride Tip in your incredible Pride Week celebration. We believe what you all have done in the EIHL is world-class. Um, both Dean Petruk, who co-founded the company, and I are blown away by all of your efforts and are proud to have been included. Uh, that's your news, Paddy. Thanks very much. Um, we're rattling through the show this week. Fixtures this weekend. Our uh, Belfast Giants are at home for the first time in just over a week to the Coventry Blaze. I think you're back behind the mic. This is about two weeks off, two and a half weeks off. Um, I something like that. Do you remember how to do it? Should find out. <laughs> <laughs> the uh, the Giants are at home to, to the Coventry Blaze on Saturday at seven p.m. at the SSE Arena, and on Sunday at four p.m. at the same venue. Of course, get yourself down there, and if you can't. Jans TV will take you through all of the action. Any other business, boys? I was going to come back when Joe was talking about the news there, and for some reason, Dops again on the missing list. I think me and Simon looked at an incident in the last kind of couple of minutes of the Coventry game. Simon, who was it? Yanni Lackanen. Yanni Lackanen got a five-plus game. Five-plus match. Five-plus match. Oh, so he's suspended for the next game. Five-plus match yeah. for... It was probably high-sticking. High sticking, yeah. Uh, high sticking across checking anyway, but he, he two hands. Now it, the fella, he, he, I don't even know who he did, but he gets lucky because he gets him across the back of the shoulders, but up quite high towards the neck. Whatever goes on, he just have that across the back. Obviously, gets the, the, the have what, David? What have that? <laughs> have that? <laughs> have to do that when I'm doing a taekwondo. And I mean, you got to make sound okay. effects or it doesn't doesn't hurt as much. Yeah. You know? <laughs> I've just, I've just, I've just sent the clip to Paddy and, and uh, the WhatsApp group. You can have a look at it and let me know what you think. But we'll see, it, Paddy. Uh, if we if we fill for just a bit like the next ten seconds, Paddy maybe has the ability to just uh, throw that up there. But um, what, yeah, watch as a hot take is created. Uh, yeah, can you, Patrick? If you can fill, I can hold, try. Just hold, hold it up in front of the thing. So we're, we're well, at, yeah. <laughs> so no, no, no. Do it, do it, do it for real. Oh, Not super. I'll see if I can do um, it. Because it's only like a three-second clip. Um, I I cut it right down to just the the action. Not nothing leading up to it. Nothing after. Just a whoosh. Um. <laughs> We see we've got all the show done in an hour and ten, so we're in Schthausen territory now. This is all this is for the next ten minutes. So we had the Valoran Neen incident from the week before, which got a two-minute minor penalty, and it's it's not as bad as the Ben Nick one, but it's not a kick in the knee off it. And um, I don't know, David. I mean, I I honestly thought that was a suspendable hit. He hangs. Oh, I'm not disagreeing yeah. with that. 
but you've got you've got later took the five plus game plus two game suspension versus two minutes for yeah very similar and you've got this he's he's obviously taken the one game Dobbs haven't looked at it certainly haven't came out and said oh, the perimeter on a let me just take that see what we got boom have that <laughs> boom have that <laughs> one more. Boom! How that? Um, so you can you can you can see that he's 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 been quite lucky because he, he's lost the he's seen seen red there and he, he's he's turned around and um, the high slash um, high stick across the shoulders. The guy a couple of inches higher up, you're in big 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 trouble there. Um, and any boys want to say anything about that before going? Yeah, I mean, I think again when you look at it. it, it the more you look at it, the, the, to be honest, I don't think it looks that bad. But yeah, saying that, there's I think there were six one or six two up at that point. Um, five are, are finding it really difficult. I mean, it, it's um, you know, the, I think it's eight in a row they've lost. I, I can't remember if Joel said that a few minutes ago, but you know, you, when you're losing that, you, you want something to galvanize your team. You see that happen to the team yet. I'm jumping and they're like, I'm if I'm on the ice, I'm jumping straight in there to knock a bag at them. So, you yeah. know. I just think it's I think it's a bit embarrassing that way. Um, but just to touch on something, Davey, we, we talked about um, you know, abuse being handed out to to um to coaches Dalton, and players Andy and, Dalton, yeah. and, and Andy Dalton last week and I seen um comments being made about Todd Judium uh this week after another loss. And I see to be honest, the guy involved is it actually made me sick to the stomach. Yeah. Um to think about what he wrote was is Absolutely bang. Probably one of the worst comments I've seen from a hockey so-called hockey fan. Um having a go at, at um the family of of, of Todd Dudium. No, and I think it's absolutely yeah, it's sickening. absolutely disgusting. Obviously, Todd Dudium yeah. threw a bit of tragedy in his life with regards to what happened in the past. The comments yeah. that have come were disgusting. I think I believe Fife have taken action as well. Well, do you know what? That shouldn't be just five taking action. Any ice rink in the, the UK should not let that guy anywhere near the place if they can help it. It's a bloody disgrace what he said. I'm telling you, I see if he said it against my, somebody in my family, I'd be going hunting for him because he's bang out of the order. Absolutely yeah. bang out of the order. And, you know, as I say, hopefully five never, he's supposed to be a five Flyers fan. And yes, they're losing games and they're not playing very well. Um, but that, there's absolutely no. You know, there's no part of any of what he said um, that should be anywhere near ice hockey or any sport. Um, or, you know, having verbally abused or, or you know, the way he commented, it honestly made me feel sick. Mm. Um, so I'm hoping he never gets another ice rink in the UK at all. It's absolutely bang out of order. Absolutely disgusting, mate. I have to totally agree with you. And that I, you know, it was sent to us the other day, and I just like couldn't believe that somebody could stoop so low to do something like that. You know, Todd Dudium, you know, is a fantastic guy who's been very good to us here in a view from the bridge, and he's been such a stalwart of that five flyers team as a player and a coach, you know, and, and what he what he's given to that organization. And yes, things may not be things may not be going as well as they want, but then those same fans should remember the times of going to the playoff finals and, and, and some of the great games that those teams have played under Todd Dudium, some of the achievements they've had under Todd Dudium. And uh, yeah, it, it just goes to show that sometimes when the when the emotions of the game get to you, some people can deal with it and some people really can't. And that's I it. Know, okay. and what, the, the, as you say, Paddy, it's absolutely disgusting. I, I, couldn't, I couldn't believe what I was reading. It's just absolutely sickening. Uh, anything else for you boys? 
Just sure. one other, and just when Joe was talking about the likes of, of Bats and stuff coming up in 600 games, I know we're not an NHL podcast and the likes of the Door 14 boys and stuff cover NHL stuff, but I was just reading this morning, Keith Yandel, 974. <laughs> it was easy. Cool FM, 974. Um, games in a row. I think that's what they called it. <laughs> they, they called it the Cool FM night. All right. um, 900 equals a record, and I've seen a lot of fans saying, it's ridiculous that they're just keeping him in the uh, in the lineup until he breaks his record, and then we'll gas him. But we'll 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 wait and see what happens. But to play nearly a thousand games without missing a single game, unreal. I think it. Unreal. I think it, it. I read it earlier on. It goes back to March two thousand and nine. <laughs> That's mad. That's insane. Like yeah, twelve years yet. some some record like. Isn't but saying that in March two thousand and nine, he was a player, mate. Oh, he won. Do you know what? I, I, can't, can't remember was the name of the guy. I can't remember the name of the guy that he was playing on a line with, but the, the tweet basically read um, along the lines of uh, the last time um, that Keith Yandel missed a game, the guy he was playing on defense with, I honestly can't remember his name, was eight years of age. That's he was eight yeah. years of age. So that's 30, 12 years ago, whatever it is. It's just insane. Um, and and do you know what I was really surprised at? It's you would look at um Phil Kessel. Phil yeah, Kessel's not far away from him. I think he's uh, 940, he's not far away from him. And yet a lot of you know, look at the the, the flack that he's had to take down the years, both at in um, Arizona and, and Pittsburgh and obviously Toronto and Boston. It's 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 unbelievable that he's basically he hasn't missed a game and about the same time, just shorter the same time than Yandel. Yeah, the wings almost had Yandel just when Lidstrom was retiring, but yeah, stupid contracts handed out. That like to Johan Franz and stuff that happened. But <laughs> do, you hear, happen. do you ever hear the story of the baseball player Cal Ripken Jr.? I'm and not his, really sure about this rounder stuff, but go on. And his, but he had so he holds the the baseball the the all time um, streak for consecutive games played, which is of course baseball you play a lot more. So the streak is two thousand six hundred and thirty two consecutive games. Right? It was previously about three by, weeks. <laughs> it was previously held by Lou Gehrig, and he was on of Yankees fame, and he was he was on his way to breaking that record. And uh, he was on his way to the game, and he realized it was, it was, I think he was about ten games short. And he was on his way to the game, and he realized he'd forgotten something, so he drove all the way home only to find his wife in bed with somebody else. That was the rumor. The also rumor that he found his wife in bed with Kevin Costner, and that he absolutely beat the living daylights out of him. And then called the the stadium to say, "Listen, I'm not going to make this game. He's ten games short of breaking Lou Gehrig's record." And there was a mysterious uh, there was a mysterious uh, parodage at the stadium, and the game got cancelled. <laughs> and he went we on to break the record. So a, far down the rabbit hole here. Uh, a, send he me. On, Send me that guy's name. I'm going to read about that later on. After Cal, I get Cal, now it's it's deemed to be a myth that it was Kevin Costner. It's deemed to be a myth, but that's the story. And it was uh, Cal Ripken Jr. Two thousand six hundred. I'm going to ask Kevin Costner. You going to you ask Kevin Costner? Davey's digging in. Davey digs into everything. He's been he's trying to some really vital information. Oh, oh here. You've got we'll, we'll just we'll, we'll just we'll not share too much, but obviously when yeah. Mark Cooper signed for the Belfast Giants, he had sort of some semi knowledge that he might have had some Northern Ireland genealogy, some Northern Ireland history in him. Um, so we've been being says we've been doing a wee bit of digging. I've done nothing. I've done nothing. Yeah, you've, done nothing. <laughs> well, you've helped you with names and you, you've you've helped with names and dates and stuff. You've you've liaised between the Cooper family and stuff. <laughs> um, I've got Ronda McClure in Boston on it now, and we'll oh, yeah. find that. 
we're 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 very very confident that his family heals from just outside Ballymena and says I think it's going to take him up there. We we'll find the family in like the nineteen oh one, the nineteen eleven census. They moved to Toronto. We we'll find them in nineteen twenty one. They're staunch. We'll love them. And uh, you know, <laughs> well, where have you been this weekend? <laughs> no, but um, Ballymena man, what a night of exclusives. But um, there is some really. It's, Genealogy is so interesting, and it's just a shame that there's not more. The internet is an unbelievable place for finding out information uh, and stuff that Joel looks at too. But um... <laughs> <laughs> I know you're. You can't, know you can't do it while he's in his mouth, right, Cedar? We know, Joel. Listen, <laughs> exclusive, no, exclusive. But um, no, you no. said at the start something about. Um, I can't remember what it was. Something about sensory stuff. <laughs> That is unbelievable. Don't, don't know what we're talking about, Joe. But yeah, so we're we're gonna we're gonna continue we're gonna continue that uh, genealogy search for Mark Mark Cooper and see if we can somehow tie up a little bit why he's still here. I'm not sure what his contract situation whether Coops is here for two years or one year. If he's only here for one, we've got a really short amount of time to try and get this tied off. Hopefully, he's here for two because it's a brilliant story. It's, that sounds absolutely brilliant, mate. That's some about amount of work to get all that sort of information. It's great when you get players like that coming over and actually finding something behind them as well. You yeah, know? I want to. I want to almost send yeah. them home with. Look, this is this is this is your family. Well, yeah. well done. Yeah, me, I, I, because I was sort of liaising in between Coops, his dad, and and Davy. Um, I just said, look, Coops, there's Davy's number. <laughs> Davy's going to give you a call about this. I said, hey, you two can find it over. You know, basically get all the information. And the next day, I was on. That was last Wednesday night when we were on our way back. Literally, we we're, were getting on the ferry. It was really, really tight for the journey back from Glasgow to the ferry. We're getting on the ferry, and Davey texts me. Um, and you know, I could, you know when you read a text, you're sitting going, you know, you can actually sort of hear which way he sent it. Davey was proper excited when he was sending this text. Mm. Um, and when I got it through, I showed it to Coops. I sent the information to him. And then the next morning, I bumped in. The guy was going to a meeting in town. And I bumped into Coops, who was going for breakfast um, in the city centre with his girlfriend. Um, and he said, you're not going to believe us. Dave, Davey's done a family tree for me already. And I'm going, all right, okay, very good. And then like, by 10 minutes later, he sends a text through to me with that family tree. So, uh, And I know Coops and his mum and dad are absolutely ecstatic the way things are going. They wanted to thank Davey. So, um, but it's, 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 it's unbelievable. And again, you know, just... If it's like digging for a bone, give it a Debbie. He'll find your yeah. bone for you. Well, that's what you get from a view from the bridge. You get hockey, you get crack, and you get genealogy. genealogy. What more do you want from yeah. that? Hey? Like, he's made it sound a bit better there, saying I've done a family training. Well, I wrote it out with black marker on the back of an old drawing. So it's just, I think it's it's, yeah, it's rudimentary. Well done. <laughs> Be interested to see where, where, where that ends, Debbie. Keep us up to date, and we'll, uh, we'll see how that goes. Um, if that's it, boys, we'll wrap things up for this week. We've got nothing left at this point. <laughs> the uh, kind of stress it for 20 minutes there. That's it. The uh, obviously, the Belfast Giants take on the Coventry Blaze this weekend, Saturday, 7 p.m., Sunday, 4 p.m. at the SSE Arena. Get yourself down there, get, get yourself in there. Uh, I believe alcohol might be served this weekend. Yep, we are back. back. We are We're back. back. Yeah. Booze is back at games. I think I might. I think I might start the uh, webcast with a pint. <laughs> yes, yes. Says, can I come on it's and join you? Booze is I'll back shot, at like, games. Shotgun one together. Yeah. So get yourself a ticket. Get down there for the games against the Coventry Blaze. And if you can't get down there, you can always join Mister Kitchen and his pint at the start of the game on Giants TV. Big thanks to Adam Keith 
for for joining us on the show. Big thanks as always to you three gents for joining us for a bit of hockey chat. Um, you can get us on at AVFTB on Twitter, on Facebook. You can, of course, get us on YouTube, and you can get Joel's new ASMR channel on YouTube too. Lots of clicks. Periscope. Clicks. Like and subscribe, guys. <laughs> like and subscribe. <laughs> Kingdomofthegiants.com for all that information as well. Not the Joel ASMR stuff. You'll not get that there. Uh, and wherever you are this weekend, we hope you enjoy your hockey, and we'll catch you here next time. On a few from the past. Podcast Network.